So I'm just talking to you. All right, dear. Hello, I'm Nana. And if you enjoy listening to my sweethearts talk on this show, maybe tell a friend of yours. And maybe they can enjoy it, too. And if you would like to see this little show go a little bit further, maybe check out the Darlings Buy Me a Coffee account. All right. Okay, honey, you can go ahead with your flashlight thing now. Ladies, gentlemen, please take your seats. The spotlight is about to begin. Good evening, everybody. I'm Mystery Matt, and you're listening to the Mystery Matt Spotlight Podcast. This evening, we are going to be exploring traditions and Christmas things from around the world. Things that you might not have known, because uh, we usually don't talk about religion, but it's Christmas. You know, we got to know what everybody's doing, not just what some are doing. So this evening, I've got Sarah, Nancy, and Colleen. Everybody want to say hi? Hi. You want to say hi? Yeah. Hello. Hello. We'll fix that better for when you have longer parts to say. I don't know who wants to start, but everybody's got I direct. Um, Well, first off, what countries are we going to be representing tonight? Uh, I'm doing the continent of Africa, and I've picked a few countries from within Africa. They're all small. I'm doing Italy, and I've got the Netherlands. So where do you want to start? Well, that that's a good start. We can just finish it there. <laughs> I'm in a saucy mood tonight, so this should be fun. Um, I don't know where. Um, who's got the oldest stuff? Do you guys even know? I would say that Italy, because of its centralization to the Christian faith, I would think Italy would be the oldest stuff. But but Africa is older. Yeah, I I think I'd say Netherlands. Most of it starts like after three three hundred BC after Saint Nicholas. So well, <laughs> I just know my history. You got to be on this thing if you're gonna say little quips because quips are important too. I don't want to be taking out all your funny bits. Well, I don't okay, want to well, swing a whole lot either. I can go first if you well, want me to. How about we start with Nancy first because Nancy's is closer to her actual heritage. Very good. Yeah. So my dad was born um, in Italy in a, the province is called uh, Ascoli Picena and the town is called La Roca. Um, But uh, my aunt that lives there lives in Salmona, which is, it's only like an hour away from Rome. Um, So I did my research. I actually did research this time. Am I I close enough? I also did not know your dad was actually born in Italy. For all the years I've known your dad, I did not know he was born there. Yeah, they came when he was eight. Well, that's cool. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's cool. Well, the reason why they came when he was eight was because of World War II. Um, and <laughs> Whoa, wait. so my, <laughs> hang on. My grandfather, because you had more than four kids, you were exempt from the draft. But if you were old enough to hold a gun, then they were taking kids as young as five. If you could hold a gun and you could use a gun. Wow. And they all lived in the hills, right? So they hunted and um, that's why they, they flee to Canada. Because my my grandmother didn't want my dad to have to fight in the war. So funny enough, my dad couldn't go back. He has not been back. And I think he was here for about 
40 years and he was still being uh, in Italy. He was still um, had a warrant out for his arrest for treason because he was eight when he fled the country. Wow. But he and did not fight. But he didn't flee by choice. He fled because your, his, your grandmother, his mother yep. made them. Yep. Weird. Yeah. Wow. But seriously, I honestly did not know, A, that your dad was old enough to be recruited into World War II. <laughs> At eight. Right. <laughs> but I mean, like, I've known your dad for my, well, my, not my whole life, but my whole life knowing you. Yeah. And I always thought, oh, your dad's so cool and young and hip and stuff and like big and burly motorcycle. Like, he reminds me of a motorcycle. Yeah. Oh, right? yeah. The handlebar knife. Yeah. Handlebar and I'm like, oh, yeah, her dad's so cool and everything. And I'm like, never would have thought that he... <laughs> He could have fought in World War II. Well, shit, Nancy. I learn things (laughs) every day. But that's because we think of a draft only happens when you're 18. Yeah. And we don't think of it that you could be eight and get drafted. That's, I guess, our our Western privilege or something. I don't know what you want to call it. Western privilege versus Nazism, because I'm assuming that that's the side he would have probably been recruited to fight on. They were fighting against no, Italy, oh, no, Italy it had it Mussolini, not Mussolini not and Stalin. Mussolini Stalin was, was in with uh, with Hitler. with Hitler, and Stalin was against them. Right, but, Mussolini, but wasn't Stalin with him at first, and then kind of no, went against no, him? No, no, that oh. was in World War One that Russia was with. Oh, with, uh, okay. Yeah. But no, Stalin was always. Oh, okay, I kind of got my World yeah, Wars confused yeah. there. It's been a while, um, guys. It's been but, like twenty-three uh, years. Okay, we need to get back onto track. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I had questions. I didn't realize it went into a whole history lesson. <laughs> That's okay. I love history. I'm sorry. Um, so I did some research because uh, I was curious as to what they did there and what was just kind of brought here. Because, I mean, when things get brought here, they get changed and mixed with, you know, because Canada is a melting pot. So it kind of all mixed together. Mm-hmm. Um, but the basis for Italian Christmas celebration is family, food, and religion. And that is the basis of it. Um, so for, in Italy, they, uh, they start their holidays on the day of Immaculate Conception, which is the 8th of December. It's a Catholic holiday. It celebrates the conception of the Virgin Mary, um, as free of sin because she conceived immaculately. That was a short, like, like gestation period. Right? (laughs) I told you a lot of this doesn't make any sense. None of it does. Um, It never has to me in the first place. So, and it says, despite the religious base of the day, most families use this day to start decorating. Um, The festive season runs until the Epiphany, which is is January 6th, when the three wise men uh, arrived in Bethlehem with their gifts for baby Jesus. Um, And so this part here is still what we always did. And so most prefer to exchange gifts on Christmas Eve. Uh, And Christmas Eve, we actually, we fast. We don't eat meat. Uh, It's full of seafood and fish and that kind of stuff. I would be so down. (laughs) Are you coming Christmas Eve for dinner? (laughs) Sarah doesn't let me eat fish. Is is that the Feast of the Twelve Fishes? Yeah. No, I've heard I've heard people talk about that. The Feast of the Twelve Fishes and I thought it was I didn't know if it was Italian or not. Because when you say eat fish, I just didn't know. I think it's a Catholic thing, but I've never heard that reference. Um and so Christmas Eve it's the celebration they call it La La Viglia di Natale. Um and so yeah, we eat like it's anything to do with Italian celebration is full of food. Um So it says here, Italians uh, celebrate always by feasting, and Christmas is no different. Traditionally, the meal eaten Hold Christmas on. Eve. Stop. Okay. 
So the Viglia di Natale, which is Christmas Eve, Italians always celebrate by feasting, um, and Christmas is no different. Traditionally, the meal eaten on Christmas Eve is meat-free, and according to the old Catholic tradition, it's meant to purify your body, so it's fasting. Uh, we eat uh, seafood instead of meat. The dishes that I can remember uh, eating uh, when I've been to Christmas Eve dinners uh, were mussels cooked in a light red sauce. Oh. <laughs> she's she's, she's going to do it to me, guys. Oh, like, same here. Matt's really uh, wishing I was full-blown Italian Catholic woman now. Uh, bacala, which is codfish. Oh. Seafood salad, which my mom made, which was really good. It was oh, like a even. mix of like an Italian and English thing. <laughs> Um, shrimp cooked in wine sauce served over <laughs> pasta and fish fillet. <laughs> it's painful. Um, and so that's what, you know, as well as all the desserts. Oh, okay. Oh, you name all the fish, but not the desserts. <laughs> the desserts are later in my research. Oh. Well, the, the, the fish is the part of the culture that she's explaining. Dessert is kind of everywhere. Good. Dessert, yeah. 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 Everybody gets fat if you celebrate Christmas or a variation of it. Um, so uh, Natale, which is Christmas Day, involves more eating. Uh, it's customary <laughs> oh. to have a lunch instead of a dinner. And so lunch would start at like 11 and go to like, I don't know, 10 o'clock at night. Oh, my God. Um, oh. <laughs> oh my Lord. Wow. So, uh, yeah, no, it's when I tell you that it eating is a is a large part of the Italian culture. I mean, like you sit and you eat. When you go to somebody's house, we sit at the table, we entertain at a table, we don't entertain in like a living room. And so it's like massive dining room tables that seat 30. Okay. And it's just food and food and food and food. And I you'll had, wonder why Italian people are a little chunky. Because <laughs> that's I all had, we do. I had a friend of mine and him and his family were fairly well off. Um, they had two kitchens. Yes. One upstairs and yes. one downstairs. Yes. And that was something else to me. I'm like, dude, did you, is this a converted apartment? And he's like, no, man, we're Italian. We have two kitchens. Yeah, you I'm don't like, use the upstairs kitchen. You yeah. only cook in the downstairs kitchen. And the thing is, is in Italy, in the hills, they didn't have heat. So where my dad's from, they lived in the hills. And they didn't have heat. So in the wintertime, a lot of the times, A, they would have the barnyard animals in the basement of the house to warm the rest of the house. Like they would have a fireplace, obviously, in the middle. But then you would cook in the basement so that the heat would rise. Oh. Um, the house I'm living in now was my aunt's house. And so the kitchen that I cook in has never been cooked in. I was the first person to cook in the kitchen. The house is probably 70 years old. Oh, wow. And they removed the stove and put a new one in. And the stove they removed was stamped 1974. And it was green. Wow. And my aunt never used it. She bought it brand new. But the thing is to have two kitchens when you're cooking for 30, 40 people. Yeah. It's handy to have an extra stove and extra fridge to... For everything and have extra space. Beer fridge. Well, there's another fridge for that. Yeah. Oh, good. Um, so Christmas Christmas Day, the the courses will always start with like antipasta plates, um, which is cured meats, uh, cured and dried meats, variety of cheeses, pickled veggies, so like olives, variety of olives, pickles, uh, even like the pickled, um, like the broccoli and cauliflower and onion, oh, yeah. like all of that. Yeah. Not broccoli, but the yeah, no, no beets. No beets. No beets. Uh, that's a that's an English thing. <laughs> yeah. oh, that um, with it. a variety, and then you'll have a variety of fruit. So you'll have like melon and hey. grapes and that kind of stuff. <laughs> Not that fruit. Oh. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, and then after that comes various types of pasta. And I'm sure if any of you've been to an Italian wedding, it's very similar to to that. Like that is every meal for us. Oh. When you walk in, there is the antipasta on the table. 
plates and plates of all that. And then when you sit down, there's pasta. Um, and then you're... I say we record the next few podcasts at Nancy's around her table <laughs> with plates of pasta and your muscles. We could do that. Not your muscle muscles, but your fishy muscles. Uh, Anyways, none of sorry. us will be, probably be able to talk. It's <laughs> that sugar. Pass the salt. Excuse me. I got Alfredo on my chin. Yeah. Um, the main course is usually a roast of some sort. So pork, beef, or lamb. Normally it is lamb um, with like roast potato and veggies. And then we always have salad at the end because the salad dressing is a vinegar oil mix and the vinegar will settle your stomach at the end. So that's why uh, Italians will drink like a sour drink after dinner. It's called aperitif and it settles your stomach so you can eat more. And I also (laughs) found out that if you use ketchup or mustard on your burger or hot dog, It'll burn the food off faster because it's already got the vinegar in it, which starts breaking it down immediately. A mayonnaise makes it worse. Yeah. 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 But and it's funny because like in English culture or Canadian, it's salad first, like super salad to start where in with Italian, you have your salad at the end. And then comes the desserts. And so there's one dessert in particular that is a Christmas thing, and it's called a penitone. And I'm sure you've seen them in the grocery stores. And it's like a bread cake, and it either has raisins, chocolate chips, or dried fruit in it. Um, And so with the dessert, you'll see like more fruit and melon and grapes and such uh, with like a variety of cookies. There's my favorite, which is like these lemon shortbread cookies with like lemon glaze. Oh, Lemon, like it is just, and and cannoli, like we can't oh, love not cannoli. have cannoli. Um, love cannoli. A big part of the celebration as well is music, and in Rome you will spot uh, what's this word, zampan. Zampan. Where are you? I forget. Zampan. Zampanyari. They are bagpipe players who dress up as uh, shepherds and they go from house to house playing Christmas carols. The old tradition dating back to before Italian unification in 1861 started as a way for shepherds to collect donations. Sorry, turn page. Um, During Christmas season, they would travel all the way from the houses in the mountains um, into town square. Uh, One other thing you'll notice with Italian... Christmas is the nativity scenes, and I'm. Has it, does everybody know what a nativity scene is? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah I, okay. I'm sure that's self-explanatory. Would you like, me, Would you like me to explain a nativity scene? No, no, we're all right. All right, uh, go watch Mr. Bean. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah um, yeah. so Santa uh, does exist in the Italian culture as well. Um, my research said it was Babbo Natale, but my dad always called him Papa Natale, which is like Father Christmas or Daddy Christmas. So traditionally, um. Italians went by the old calendar, which puts Christmas Eve on the 6th of January. Um, but then it, when they moved to the new calendar, they started celebrating on the 24th. But they do give gifts as well on the 6th. Um, and the tradition around that is there is an old woman called La Bafana, yeah. which translates to the old, the good witch. Yes. Um, and she brings Christmas or she brings gifts as well um, on the 6th. So doing all that research, a little bit of it kind of reminded me of my, my childhood. And my dad did talk about what it was like in Italy to have Christmas. And it wasn't westernized like it is here with, yeah, they gave gifts, but it was more so um, if somebody had good crop that year, they would right. give that. As a, it wasn't necessarily buying somebody something, but it was still gifting something to yeah. somebody. 
Um, he did, and something that sticks out in my mind is they had old socks, stockings, and their thing was if it was a good year, they would get oranges in their stockings because they only got fruit. Um, and if it was so, it was a good financial year, then they would get oranges um, because in central Italy, they're not really that. It's more so uh, southern. Yeah, yeah. And so if it was a good year, they get oranges. If it was a bad year, they would get apples or other fruit. And in our stockings hey. as kids, <laughs> in our stocking as kids, we always got oranges regardless of the year. Um, and my dad said he wanted to to change that because, A, he didn't want us to know if there was a bad year. And B, he wanted more like hope for the next year. Hmm. So he we always got oranges. He, he, he didn't want to put the... the negativeness on it yeah it's funny because my parents used to put both an apple and orange in our stocking and i don't know if it has any meaning to it like like yours does or your dad's culture does but i guess in a way if you look at it in terms of the italy culture it's like we're in the middle it's been shitty and good (laughs) (laughs) and that actually sums up my family (laughs) it's kind of meh yeah and we always had my parents always put a clementine orange in 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 our yeah, stockings. Yeah, we had the, the little and clementines. and I mean, there's absolutely no Italian in my family or whatever. So it's just kind of curious how some of these things have have See, I, I'm transferred. From a, I'm from like a Scottish, Irish, English, French kind of area. Right? Ditto. And the only reason you really got an orange or a nectarine in your stocking was because it took up room and it was cheaper that way. <laughs> And you know, probably had it in the house already. So they're like, oh, yeah. well, let's throw some fruit yeah. in there and yeah. take up some but space. But I learned really fast that never get pissed off when you get batteries in your stocking because it probably goes to something. Right? Exactly. Right? And if you, the bigger the pack of the batteries, the bigger the thing that was uh-huh. coming. Yeah. Yeah. The one that threw me off was when I got no batteries at all. I'm like, hey, what the heck's going on here? Yeah. <laughs> And that year, I got a Super Nintendo and a Sega Genesis, both, and they don't take batteries. Well, there they, you they, go. They plug in, right? Yeah. So. Anyways, carry on. Um, so for the basis for Italian traditions is also religion. Um, and so the religion being Roman Catholic. Sorry, I'm, I skipped a step. Can we like edit that part out? All right. So I okay good so in the in the uh, all traditions all italian traditions are and celebrations they all include family and food um as a kid there was always constant visits with family and lots of food um like i literally remember like every weekend it was okay we're going to this person's house and we're going to this person's house sometimes there was multiple people and you had to like be like okay we're going here we're gonna eat a little bit and then we're gonna go because we're gonna go over here and eat a little bit more and then you just kind of rolled yourself home at the end of the night (laughs) now we just do an open house somebody doesn't so my cousin my cousin vincy will do an open house christmas eve and we'll have like we're having dinner at my dad's house this year because we can't fit everybody in mine um and it's just an open house so we all just go where before everybody would like you would from place to place to place yeah we're now it's just like well we're going to this person's house we're all showing up at this time Anybody that wants to go to church can just, you know, carpool. Um, So here's the religion part. So as well as family and food, most traditions are rooted in religion, which is Roman Catholic for Italians. Um, There's midnight mass on Christmas Eve, which I can't tell you the last time I've been to. Uh, Churches will be decorated in white on Christmas Day because of the birth. Um, But up to that, you'll notice purple because we celebrate Advent. And so Advent is a time of um, preparation for the birth of Jesus. 
So you're supposed to be, you know, being a better person and doing kind things for people and just, which is basically getting into the holiday spirit. That sounds like a lot of energy sapping things. You have no idea. Uh, to care for other people that much? That's, yeah. That's a lot. Well, that hence all the visiting. Like, and then, yeah. so when you have specific times in the church, like Advent for Christmas and, and, um, uh, whoops, Lent for Easter, it's like going to, to church is just upped. <coughs> Um, so also being that I am mixed because my mom is Irish and German and so, and English kind of, they all kind of loop together. Um, and my, my dad being from Italy, uh, I had a mix of traditions on Christmas. So Christmas Eve was filled with Italian family food, laughter, and a mix of Italian and English conversation, which I can only understand the mix. I can't understand the full unless somebody's swearing at me. Um, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah. We would still do the tradition of opening one gift on Christmas Eve to kind of keep that. And then Christmas Day, we would do like all of the presents and then my mom's family on the other side. Yeah. Um, I don't know if I can read this part. You don't, if you can't, that's okay. Or do you want me to do it? It's a little messy. Is it so, dirty? Go, doing this, no, during the, doing this research... And being forced to think about, like, childhood and what Christmas was like, it made me a little sad. Because I was so immersed, because my dad came from Italy. So I was so immersed in the culture that I experienced all of that. My kids aren't immersed in that culture. Yeah. So it makes me a little sad. It's another generation that's been in Canada. We've lost so many people that the traditions are starting to die. And it's fighting to keep them alive. But like the things that I experienced, like a house full of. So I remember going to my aunt's house on Christmas Eve and it would be she has a table that seats 50 and all of oh my cousins. God. So I have 40 first cousins. Holy shit. Holy crap. My dad is the youngest of eight. And so one and one lives in Italy. So you can imagine of how loud and how crazy but how much full of love it was. And I mean, now like between my brothers and I, we have a lot of kids, but it's not the same when you have like seven brothers and sisters and then like 40 cousins running around. Like it was just, and and looking back, I'm like, I don't know how I handled that like sensory overload, but it made me a little sad. um, And, and the wish that I had had a more time and paid more attention to what was happening so that I could, pass on sorry excuse me so that i could pass on what i had experienced yeah so that part made me like a little sad one thing that i find with christmas and stuff like that it's just important to pass on the ones that meant something to you the other ones can sometimes be let go because that is part of the older generation it's not you know, what's going on now, because if they live through any war or they migrated countries, that's experiences we haven't had. That's a different world. So from what we take from that old world to this one, just take the ones that mean the most and try and carry those ones forward. That would be my advice. Well, that's what I do. But the thing is, is my kids are picky eaters, right? So this whole like fish on Christmas Eve, I have one kid that lives off roast like roast beef and potatoes she will eat no no fish not even like fish and chips fish i won't touch any seafood or any fish of any kind at any time it was from the sea let it be 
But like, so when it's but when it's Christmas Eve and I'm not allowed to eat meat because my dad is there. Like when when during the day you're actually not supposed to eat from like midnight on the 23rd until midnight on the 25th. Or like, the, you know, so like that whole 24 hours, you do not eat meat. And I used to get braided if I ate meat. And I let my kids eat meat just because I'm like the expectation that you don't like, you don't like it. I'm not going to force you to eat something that right. you don't like. But it's funny now that, you know, Ali's older, I'll laugh. And my brother and I were planning the dinner and he's like, I'm going to make, you know, like the shrimp and, and all this stuff. And he's like, but wait, what's Ali going to eat? I was like, I don't know, man. I don't know. Just make the pasta. <laughs> so that's what he said. He's like, yeah. we'll just save some pasta before I put the shrimp in. And I was like, okay. Um, I totally understand what you were saying, though, about traditions and stuff. Because we, my family has really weird traditions. Uh, like going back to when we had... Um, Christmas with my grandparents and stuff like really strange non-religious obviously actually they were probably considered a sin um we gambled every Christmas Eve for money it was great we also farted a lot <laughs> um anyways it was like some of those traditions when my grandmother passed in 05 died with her like we weren't mm-hmm. it was just kind of like oh, okay let's play this game all the right. glue, the glue starts to fall it apart. It does, and it's uh, and it's hard because I'm like River's missing out on some of those things that were fun to me and my brother and the laughter and the family mm-hmm. time, and because our family is very tiny. I mean, Christmas Day there's only seven of us, you know, and it's like oh, which is actually when you think about it, not that small because there's always been only six of us, so it's different. And Mm -hmm. it's weird because it feels like it's smaller, but it's because the family is a little, one person's bigger, but we're also missing two extra. Yeah. And so when my grandparents were still alive, Christmas seemed bigger. Well, because you're small. Yeah. And, and the laughter and the camaraderie just seemed better and different. And now it's like, mom and I both admit that it feels like sometimes we're just going through the motions and the only reason we're doing it is because of River. Yep. So yeah, I get that. And as as a mom on Christmas, it definitely like I do miss the you you work to keep that that childhood you know spirit alive, and sometimes like yeah you get lost in it and you're and it just seems to be a chore, and that part I is is, is hard. Well, we're at twenty five minutes and we got two more people to go. By my math, we should be moving on. I think. Yeah. Who do you want? Uh, I think we'll go with Colleen. Alrighty, so. As, as a kid, actually, my mom had a book from her childhood that was Christmas Around the World, and it had like a page for all these different countries about how Christmas was celebrated, and I always loved it. And the one I always loved as a kid was the Netherlands, so that was what I chose. Um, and it's when I started looking to it, it it's very different than what I kind of thought. Christmas in uh, the Netherlands is actually done twice. Um, it's very, you know, it is Wait, wait, wait. The big question, do you get presents on both? No, you don't. No. So they've divided Christmas into two days. There's the main Christmas, the present giving, and and I apologize to everybody who's Dutch because if I try to say some of these words, they are going to be butchered beyond belief. So my huge apologies. We're not linguists. Yeah. And I I definitely am not a linguist. I can barely do even do French. Um... So some people say I'm a cunning linguist. In oh, <laughs> oh, fuck. <laughs> okay, all right. <laughs> all right. Um so the big day um religion is very important in the Netherlands, but it's um 
what it is is on December 5th. That is when they do St. Nicholas and or Sinterklaas. Um, and it's known as that's when they get the presents. Um, and it's the presents. It's called uh, Page Savant, which means present evening. Um, and they really what it's based on, that's that's actually St. Nicholas Day, uh, which is often the 5th or the 6th of December. And it's the celebration of the death of St. Nicholas, who was a saint in the third century. Um, now, is the original Santa Claus, is he German? This isn't German. That's just this is Dutch. Okay. Well, they're they're close in but culture. Each but each country, each country has a little bit different way of saying it. Um, I don't know what the German one is. But but I mean, like, is the original Saint Nicholas was he? No, the original Saint Nicholas was Italian. Oh, um, and no, no Greek. I'm sorry, he was Greek. Um, he was Greek, and he was well known. Saint Nicholas was, um. One of his best things, he was known as the patron saint of, give me a second here. Or is St. Nicholas like Batman and it's been like a couple different people now? No, St. Nicholas is actually one of the few Catholic what? saints that has a good record as to, they know when he was born, they know when he died, they know what he did, and they have his body. They have so, his wallet. Yeah, that's about it. And he's double parked. Um, so he was a patron saint of sailors, prostitutes, and children. Oh. And he's best known for um, a neighbor of his. He came from a wealthy family, and a neighbor of his had a couple daughters, and but had no money. And so his daughters were going to be sold into prostitution because he had no money for a dowry. So one night, St. Nicholas, for the oldest daughter, um, he threw a sack of gold through the window, and the story goes it landed in the girl's stocking, which was hang out hung out to dry and the money was used for her dowry so she could get married nice. and then when the other two daughters came up for getting married he did the same thing threw a present in for them so these he, he must have gone through so many windows yeah it was apparently it's only stories with these i mean there's also a story that he resurrected a mutilated child who a butcher had had chopped up uh that he he resurrected these little boys um, so, so there's a lot of stories. And then when he died, um, Even his Humpty Dumpty couldn't unfuck himself. You keep like, interrupting me. So fuck I'm off, I'm just confused. Matt. Like, how do you put a child back together this, after all? Of no that? offense like, to any Catholics, but this is the Catholic, this is the Catholic faith. And this is the belief of miracles. Miracles can happen. Okay. So and that's, so that's okay. Miracles can happen. This was apparently an extremely holy man and he could do amazing things. So children that's are made are. by Lego. Yeah. Anyway, I'm not going into that part. But so anyway, when he died, um, his body was apparently leaking mir, 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 whatever, which is a very mir. Yeah, I've heard it said mir and mir. So yeah, it's the, it was one of the three things. That exactly. The it's a very holy substance. So the fact that his body started leaking the substance was big. Um, numerous bottles were taken of the mir that came off his body. There were a lot of relics made. A couple centuries later, some Spanish sailors uh, abducted his body and oh. took it back to Spain. For the myrrh? I have no idea. It was mainly because he was a patron saint of sailors. So the Spanish oh. wanted to liberate him. Um, so that was what happened. And But he, over the years, he became the Santa Claus. The Saint Nicholas became what we know as Santa Claus. And in some cultures, 
um, he still is actually represented as a Catholic bishop, which is what the Netherlands, he, when he arrives each year, he enters the Netherlands via a boat um, that comes and docks. It's like every year he comes from Spain to a new city, to a different city in the Netherlands, because that way he can see all the children. And then on the 6th, he leaves. So what he actually does is... Okay, so on the first Saturday after November 11th, Sinterklaas arrives on a boat from Spain. The tradition in, in, in Netherlands is that he lives in Madrid, and every year he chooses a different harbor to arrive so that as many children as possible can get to see him. And he travels with his servants, which he doesn't have elves, he has servants, and they're called Zwarte Pieten, Black Peters, or Sudi Peters. Um, they've caused a little bit of controversy in recent years because what it is apparently like in the 17th century, he got these people to help him in there of African descent. So all the people who poses, who, who act as Black Peters always would have blackface. And that's become a bit of an issue in recent years. So now sometimes they'll just have a few marks of charcoal on their face just to show that they've been, they've gotten sooty from the chimneys because what their job is, is that, um... Sinterklaas does not have a sleigh and reindeer. He rides on a horse. And he's actually, and he's dressed like a Catholic bishop. Wait, 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 wait. I already see a hole in that. Sailors did not like horses on boats, so he would have to obtain a horse after arriving on the boat. He must have. He must obtain the horse once he gets to the Netherlands because it's a beautiful white horse that he rides. And as he goes from That's rooftop racist. to rooftop... Um, the Black Peters will go down the chimney. Also racist. Yes, the Black Peters have been known as... I'm going to start throwing shit at this bastard. <laughs> I'm just going to sit back. Watch your eyes. She's got really good aim for your corneas. I'm just going to like lean back in here and just like... You guys are messing me up, okay? I'm gonna get my uh, funny arm comfy thing here. So <laughs> yeah, that's about it. I'm gonna I'm gonna whip the pen at this dude soon. Um, so the children are told that the Peters, the Peets, keep a. I'm, I hate you all. Okay, they're told that the Peters keep a record of all the things that they have done in the past year in a big book. The good children will get presents from Sinterklaas, and the bad children, bad children will be put in, and bad children like you, Matt, <laughs> will be put in a sack, and the Peets will take them back to Spain for a year to teach them how to behave. I would love a vacation. <laughs> so, and 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 Sinterklaas's horse is named Azoznal. Okay, please. I yeah. hope I said that wrong. Azul's no. You probably said it wrong. Anyway, I'm sure. I'm sure I said it wrong. Maybe. And the, I have my shit coming up. Yeah. The uh, <laughs> and and the Black Peters are all dressed like in 16th century clothing, like with big ruffled collars. It's really kind of cute. Anyway, the children don't hang stockings. They put out their wooden shoes, and. That is what I, I always remember as a child. And um, they're told that during the night, Sinterklaas rides on the roof on his horse and that P a Pete, Peter, will come, will climb down the chimney or through a window and put the presents and her candies in the shoes. Um, so, and this happens on the 5th of December. But, but it's like Peter, it's, it's, they use all these, it's just like we have elves, they're Peters. That's what they're called, Peters. That's all. It's, yeah. 
So anyway, um, Zwart Pete, so the Black Peters, carry bags filled with goodies, which are usually chocolate coins and mandarin oranges. The big thing with the coins, gold foil wrapped coins, is that's what St. Nicholas threw into the houses to help these daughters. And pay for the window. The coins are a big deal. The other thing is um, almost every child will get a initial, the initial of their name. And that will either be a chocolate initial or it will be made from marzipan. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. That's where Sarah gets her thing from, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. I guess we must have Santa Claus, which is weird because my family's so not Dutch. Yeah. But we do the chocolate initial thing. Yeah. And that, and when I read and that, that was do, what I thought about you we guys. We also do the, we, well, we, I don't do it, but my parents used to have the little net baggies with the chocolate yep. covered gold yep. coin or the yep. gold coins foiled wrap thing, majigs. So it's kind of weird because now you've got orange is or orange like fruit. In the the shoe or whatever the fuck it is, from the Netherlands, and then you also got it from Italy. Yeah, so I guess I'm, oranges it, are big. It must be a big thing, but yeah. they all mean something different, which is kind of neat. Yeah, and it's the other thing is, is many times Santa Claus will create like a treasure hunt for the kids. Oh, so, we call that Easter. <laughs> um, there'll be like games and played with poems and riddles to follow the clues to find the find the um, the the presents. So it's kind of neat that way. Um, the the letter that they'll get is called a a bank banquet letter, so which is like a letter cake, and it can be made out of marshmallow or chocolate. I think I already said that. Anyway, um, there's lots of sweets that they give, like a sweet biscuit called peppernut, which is made with cinnamon and spices. Um, they uh, often at school within the classes, everyone's name will be put into a hat and. You pick someone else's name, of course. Oh, um, the and birth the of presents, Secret Santa. Yeah. And the presents are often things that the person would find useful for their favorite hobby. Hmm. Um, and then you give, like, the presents come with a poem inside that gives a clue as wait, to who might have sent it. Wait, What if your favorite hobby is being a sexual predator? I think we're talking about children here, so that generally isn't the case, I would bloody well hope. Okay. Yeah. Okay, fair yeah. enough. Carry on. Um, so... Uh, on the 6th of December, so the day after the present day, Sinterklaas leaves the Netherlands. Um, so he leaves the Netherlands via a steamboat at the entrance of the port of Rotterdam. And then he travels back to Spain. So Sinterklaas comes for a couple days and then he goes. Um, now, they do not decorate until about the 7th. It is considered a very bad form to put up like Christmas decorations before Sinterklaas leaves. Oh God! By the first of November, Sarah's got the Christmas yes. music on. But but bullshit. Yeah, it, I, that's what got me about it. Is that it's very much like Italy, and I don't decorate at the first of November. We're so barely the radio one. Well, no, I turn it on because Mom and I always have a bet when that American station in Buffalo when they start. Because sometimes they start on the first, sometimes they start on the tenth, sometimes they start on the twelfth, and we have bets going. So yeah. On November 1st, I pushed that button to see if Star 102 point. Do you, do you want me to finish is. this so you can get to your Africa? Yes, I guess Okay. So. But I'm just trying to All right. show him that he's he's wrong. Anyway, so the the thing is, is because in Netherlands, Christmas is divided into two things. You've got the present giving for St. Nicholas Day, and then you have the Christmas, which is for family and food and thanks and love. It's not meant to have presents. So you don't decorate for Christmas until after the presents have come. It's different countries. So um, for the 25th, uh, you know, on Christmas Eve night, Dutch children, um, 
they uh you know they might get some presents but it's very it's it's a very little thing it's mm. not a big thing because christmas is all about the food the family uh you go to church you you get together you you so show your love so they're not getting a nintendo no not on christmas no not on our christmas i find that's very similar with most of europe yeah. Most of Europe, like when I've studied and, and looked into different cultures, <laughs> mm-hmm. most of Europe is all about religion, family, food, and it's it's not necessarily what I'm going to buy somebody, but I'm going to go to your house, I'm going to bring you some goodies that I yeah. baked, or I'm going to bring you some, you know, cured meat that, I, that I've made that year. Yeah, yeah. And I think the, sorry, the gift giving thing is completely westernized. Yes. It's like we've taken the two different things and put them all together. And so then in that case, one always trumps the other, which is generally the gift giving. Yes. Um, right. So it's it is it kind of neat. Better. I, I kind of liked reading about it in terms of the fact that it's, it's two separate times. You've got your time for your gifts and then your time for – there's no gifts. It's just family, food, friends, love, all that. I thought that was really neat. Um, and it's, it's done over two days. The 25th and the 26th are both holidays. Um, they're both just as important and it's you, there's a lot of games that are played and a lot of feasts. They play a lot of different games. Like it's just a day for having fun. And the second day is known as St. Stephen's day. And most of the time, some people will attend church on that day. Some won't, uh, it all depends. And I guess St. Stephen was known for his service to the poor and needy. So many on the 26th will actually go and help out at like, um, shelters and things like that. I have a whole bunch of words as to, you know, what you say for Merry Christmas and all that, but I'm not going to offend anybody by trying to say them. That's wise. Um, the, in, in the eastern areas of the country, uh, a, big, a big tradition is creating handmade horns out of birch or elder saplings, and they're blown to celebrate Advent. Mm. Um, and then uh, the decorations are taken down on January 6th with the Feast of the Epiphany. Nice. It's at that. It's kind of like there are certain days that you put up your decorations and that you take them down. <laughs> the, there's a huge thing for, for the Dutch, marzipan. Mm. Marzipan everything. Um, chocolate and pastry shops are just full of marzipan, which is an almond paste. Yes. And it's made into like fruits, animals, you name it. Um, they've got, they, they also decorate with something called Kerstrakansies. Kerstrakansies. Well, yeah, we're not going there. No, what was that again? Sorry. Ker- Kerstrakansies. I, I didn't quite hear you. <laughs> Fuck off. Um, they're wreath shaped almond cookies that are tied with a ribbon and they're hung on the Christmas tree. And generally they disappear very quickly and you just leave behind the ribbon. Yeah, it's called Mike. Oh no. <laughs> no, we used to do that. Mom used to bake cookies and stuff for the tree specifically. Yeah. And just like every so often if one met. One, one just would yeah. disappear, you know? Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah Same thing and then they drink, they drink ad, ad, Advocat, which is a brandy spiked eggnog. Oh, I'm down. Um, I'm going to pay for it, but I'm down. The um, There's lots of food. The main dish, main dish for Christmas is seafood, poultry, or pork. Uh, and accompanied by lots of vegetables and side dishes. And homemade breads like olibolen, which is a type of donut whole like bread with currants, raisins, apple bits. Um, and then another one is uh, stolen, which is a bread like cake filled with marzipan and bits of fruit. I always found that funny. It's not a whole. Yeah. And then they also have the, there's a lot of seafood served because oh, there's a huge. Uh, <laughs> 
Don't worry, I don't have a lot of information on that one. Um, the mussels, uh, they really serve like mussels, sea shrimp, salmon, and eel because this country is full of sailors. So they're mm. very big on their, their coastline area. They would be. Um, the Christmas meal can feature like bird, like turkey, chicken, duck, venison, pork. Not- um, it's not un- uh, it's it's not uncommon to serve rabbit. A bunny rabbit? And in fact, the one thing I did find is, you know how we have, we have that song, we have that song, Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer? Yeah, she did. Yeah. Well, the Dutch have their version of a song like that, that's kind of like that whole bad thing. Um, and it's about, it's, it's uh, about a boy who's looking for his lost rabbit that ends up being served for Christmas dinner. <laughs> I just thought that one was hilarious. I'm that like, okay, that's seriously giving me back Velveteen Rabbit anxiety <laughs> flashbacks. But I was like, I'm like, so we've got Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer and they've got Boy Eats His Rabbit for Dinner. Like, I have oh. no idea what it's called. I didn't find any more information. I, can't, I just <laughs> can't. I can't eat cute animals, especially baby ones. You coming to my house for dinner now? No. because I got lamb, lamb and rabbit in the freezer. Lamb is a baby sheep. And as much as I hate sheep, I like lamb because they're cute. So how about veal? Do you eat veal? No. No. <laughs> no. I had a baby cow so suckle off my fingers once, and it was the cutest thing ever. Weird, also, but cute. And I'm like, no, I feel connected to baby animals. I will not eat them. No. So basically, I'm just going to have to... Pasta's good. Take your husband with me to Pasta. go and have... Basically, it's going to be you and I hanging out and stuff, you know. Well, nobody at my house will eat the rabbit and the lamb, so when I cook it, I'll let you know. Yeah. All right. I got to tell you, though, I've had rabbit. I grew up in Alberta. Rabbit was, you'd, you'd pass stalls that were, yeah, there was nothing wrong with it. You'd pass stalls of people selling, but they're, they were specially, they're not the rabbits that you have as pet. They are meat rabbits. They are completely different. They're still cute. Yeah. So anyway, but that that is the Netherlands. Nice. So two different Christmases at Sinterklaas and lots of fun. Black Peter, yep, yep. Instead of elves, instead of elves, they don't have they don't have creepy little elves. They have Black Peters. Yeah. Okay, so I did Africa. So in Africa, Christmas is mostly a celebration of religion and family. Few Western or European customs have been adopted in the many different countries on this magnificent continent. Church services on both Christmas Eve and Christmas Day seem to be the common element connecting the majority of the African countries. In Rwanda, is it's their cold and rainy season, but it doesn't stop anyone from their celebrations. In the capital city of Kingali, hundreds and thousands of people jam-packed the sidewalks on their way to church services on Christmas Eve. And the next day is for relaxing prayer and food, where many will indulge in eating mostly meats grilled on a traditional wood charcoal fires, where they grilled the goats. Sorry, it doesn't necessarily say the goat beef to or beef. And to have with fried potatoes and rice in an isombe, which is a veggie and peanut butter blended together. Ooh. Mashed with cassava leaves, green bananas, slowly cooked in tomato sauce. Oh. It sounds kind of gross, but kind of interesting at the same time. Hey, yeah. Going to Africa, too. Yeah. Right? <laughs> um, some family members might partake in an incredibly spicy concoction of chili oil made from scotch bonnets, habanero peppers, and vegetable oil called akabango. Called what? Akabongo. Akabongo? Yeah. Okay. I didn't have to actually phonetically write that. I knew how to say wow. it. Wow. With a piri-piri, which is a sweet, sour, and salty, and spicy mix all together. It's the same taste. You're just getting it all at once. like a power punch to your face, man. Um, Coca-Cola brought in Christmas trees to, to adorn the roundabouts. It's very rare that you would find trees in people's homes. 
Um, everybody lets loose on New Year's Eve and New Year's Day. That's the most important part of the holiday season. And they really party. Like, nobody stays home. Everybody's out partying. Oh, wow. Um, in Ghana, they do it up big, starting as early as December 1st. The streets, the stores, and homes are beautifully decorated with lights that twinkle and ornaments. Um, Christmas Eve starts with church services with dancing, drumming, singing, and plays. And also, the party continues after afterwards with fireworks. Um, Church on Christmas Day is a colorful affair where people dress in traditional clothes. And unlike most African countries, Ghanaians do exchange gifts with each other, all before enjoying the traditional foods like jollof, um, which is a long grain rice, tomato, onions, spicy veggies, or spices and veggies and meat, okra soup, various stews, and fufu. Fufu. Yeah, I don't remember what that is. I lost my okay. cheat sheet. Okay. Um, <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to have rabbits again. Oh, wonderful. No, no rabbits in Africa food. No. <laughs> Um, and then they party hard. And their celebration isn't all about Christmas, but the magical holiday coincides with the end of their cocoa harvest. So they're big chocolatiers. They're actually one of the second biggest nations in the world that do chocolate. And that's Rwanda. No, that's Ghana. Ghana. Okay. So in Kenya, Christmas is the time to spend with family and is often the only time of the year where everyone are all in one place. They decorate their homes and churches with incredible decorations of balloons, ribbons, flowers, greenery, and paper decorations. And some may even have a cypress tree in their home all decorated. Um, fake snow can be found outside of storefronts in the larger cities, and some children anticipate Santa showing up at the, at the stores. So there, there's Midnight Mass, and the next day features their big Christmas dinner called, oh God, I'm sorry, Naima Chuma. Of barbecued goat, sheep, beef, or chicken with rice and chapati, which is a flatbread. Oh, I've had that. Yeah? Yeah. And small gifts are exchanged, too. Usually, they're like a homemade-type gift, like a crafty thing. So, chapati is like a thick soup, and you don't eat it with <laughs> utensils. You t- Yeah, you take little bits of flatbread, and you grab chunks of it, and you eat it that way. There's no utensils at all. Everything is with your hands. Yeah. Okay, and here, I, I'm really sorry to anybody... Who speaks Swahili or Kiswahili? But um, here, yeah, Christmas is Merry Christmas in Swahili. All right, you know, I mean, everyone. I was waiting for you to be a smartass. I mean, everyone bugged me about about my Dutch, so we're both on the same. We page. are both. I yeah. didn't bug you about your Dutch, except for that one time because <laughs> I knew you were expecting it. So it's summertime in Botswana during the Christmas season and very hot. So most families will travel to their cattle post, which is like a spring small home where they keep their cattle so it's not so hot um and where at their cattle once they're at their cattle post they'll attend special church services and the next day families will visit all the families in their little village to sing and dance to christmas songs they feast on goat or cow and exchange homemade gifts some new customs that have been recently um like added to theirs is the christmas tree but they didn't go into specifics of what their christmas tree might look like yeah, um, probably not the pines. No. Oh, no. It's usually cypress, yeah. palm, or shit, I can't remember what the other one's called. Um, I can't remember. But there's another one. So in the Democratic Republic of the Congo, and I'm sorry if I'm going really fast, but Matt's put a time limit on me. Um, and that's mine and Nancy's fault. Um, <laughs> so Christmas is more of a religious festival, which features out lavish Christmas Eve church services, which are chocked full of music, often featuring five or more different choirs. In a long, and I mean long, biblical play, and they actually say nativity play, but it's a biblical play, let's just say, um, that starts with the birth of Jesus, or starts with the creation and garden of Eden, and then the birth of Jesus 
is more time closely to midnight hour and then wrapping up to close to close to or slightly past 1 a.m. with King Herod or Harold or whatever his name is. Herod. Baby boys. Herod. So it's basically a biblical play. It's not yeah. just a nativity play. If it starts, if it starts at the creation, yeah, it's, it's biblical a biblical play. play. Yeah. 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 Um, the people are then right back at, for more church services on Christmas Day at 9 a.m. That's a little too much God for me. <laughs> um, mostly it's a quiet day and those who can afford it will indulge in a delicious meal of chicken or pork. But um, people in many parts of South Africa will spend Christmas outdoors in the hot summer heat, going camping or to the beach, and that's where they'll celebrate their Christmases. Um, it's family, basically surrounded by family in Nigeria, celebrating festiv- festivities with loved ones, showing their appreciation. Food is always served with plenty of skewered beef, ram, or chicken with liver, kidney, and tripe all spiced up, called suya. Mixed with jollof, rice, and vegetable salads. It's Boxing Day where they will make a slight pilgrimage to a park or open space. Oh my god, I can't change the fucking page. Um, or, or Like a wide open space like the wise men made. And begin what is called the love feast. A ceremony where everyone eats, drinks, and celebrates and exchange gifts. Which is mandatory with your church family to help strengthen bonds, renew friendships, and establish new ones. Excuse me. I'm almost done, people. In Madagascar, or they say in Will and Grace, Madagascar, um, <laughs> families with families will gather for dinner as a community. And despite being a Muslim-dominated country, Senegal celebrates by adorning their homes and mosques with Christmas trees. Ooh. So what about Santa? Well, he may not be as mainstream as in the Western and European traditions, but he is well represented. In Kenya, he travels not on a sleigh with reindeer, but on a camel or a bike. Yeah, a bike. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Yeah, like like a pedal bike. I think so. Oh wow! They didn't specify in my research. I found just bike in about four different research pages. And in Liberia, old man Baika is the old is the one who gets the gifts. Nigeria also believes in Santa, as does South Africa. But in Ghana, they have Papa Papa Bronya. So they have different versions as well, but not necessarily in the same context as we see Santa. Yeah. Um, but celebrations of all different kinds take place across the continent of Africa, full of colorful parades, singing, dancing, parties of all kinds. With traditions of their own, to adopting the best of others, it is a beautiful place of peace, love, togetherness, and celebration of life. Very good. Sounds like fun. Lots lots of fun like food that. and lots of parties. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. Yeah, and there's so many other cultures. Like it, it goes so far and beyond. We could have an entire, you know, podcast series series yeah. itself about different religions and different cultures and stuff like that. But we try and stay away from the religion and politics most of the time. Um, but it's harder to come up with Christmas ideas for podcasts than it is for Halloween ones. So you'll have to bear with us if we missed your religion, or if you don't celebrate. You know, Christmas, that's okay, too. What? what? Um, I think this actually itself could be a Christmas tradition for the podcast as if, okay, we've knocked these countries off. Maybe next year we we grab different ones to do. And so that way we're not trying not to purposely leave anybody out. I want to do Sweden. Remember <laughs> <laughs> already told you, didn't she? She did Sweden in school last week. Oh, really? I yeah. love Sweden because they've got this, like, beautiful woman who brings everything around. Oh. But I mean, like, I think. I think it's a good idea to do that because there's so many countries. 
Awesome. So we're actually recording two tonight, so we're probably going to end it here. So no matter what holiday you celebrate, make sure you celebrate it to the fullest. And if you don't celebrate this time of year, then just at least have a good day. Have a good one.